And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining us on the line is Robert Larson. He comes to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Always good to be with you. So we have two updates. Let's get the first one out of the way. Uh, there's an update on this extortion case that is getting now national attention. Yeah, I think uh, last time we talked that the um, the young man here in uh, Temecula had, had pled guilty and was sort of awaiting sentencing, and I guess that's all gone forward, and he's, he's got what was a rather light sentence for what he did, and just doing these terrible things of hacking into girls' webcams and then extorting them and telling them that he would put these nude pictures up all over the internet if they didn't provide him with more Skype nudity, just really terrible stuff. And just being a real, a real, uh, predator. Yeah. Predator. I was trying to think of a word that we could say on the radio, but <laughs> could predator will work anyway. Uh, yeah. So he had, he had a sentencing and he's acting all remorseful and everything. And, and maybe he is, and he's going to do a, little bit of time and uh i and he are saying that he's autistic and all this and he may have some form of autism but the way he was acting with these girls it seemed like he was very it, it didn't sound oh like that's a hallmark of somebody that's autistic it sounds like it's a hallmark of somebody that's sociopathic yeah and, and i don't i don't think socio sociopathology and autism necessarily cross over but Anyway, that that's what they're saying. But anyway, yeah, um, Katie Couric featured this story on her show, and Katie Couric has a massive audience, so it's kind of this is getting attention all over. But she had uh, the the main victim, I should say, the victim who first came forward, who had the courage to do that, uh, Cassidy Wolf, who lives here in Temecula. She was Miss Teen USA, so she was on Katie Couric's show and was talking about it. It's a very articulate young lady who. I give her a lot of credit for being brave and coming forward with all of this. And a couple other girls that were victims of this guy as well. And they, they were just talking about the whole issue of internet security and webcam security and how that it's not that difficult for someone to hack into your webcam and so that it's in that they can even turn it on and everything. So that one of the safety things they suggested was that when you're not using your webcam to put a post-it note or something over it, just to protect yourself against that kind of thing. But um, the girls seem to be, the three different girls that were on the show seem to be moving on with their lives and not too horribly damaged by this. And uh, so hopefully there won't be too many more cases like this, but uh, we know there will be some. Oh, definitely. And the way that you were describing his threats to the uh, young ladies, that if they didn't get hit, you know, if he didn't, they didn't bend to his will, what he would do with the photos. He reminded me a lot of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Happiness, just an overall, just like freaky pervert. Yeah, I mean, and, and somebody that's just taking glee in other people's discomfort and, and misery and uh, putting them in a, in a horrible situation. And he just seemed to get a thrill out of that. Yeah, it, I don't, yeah, that's a horrible defense. I hope the jury sees right through that. Well, no, that's over. It was just that the sentence is, is done. And, and we've talked, I think we talked about the time frame that 
that oh, yeah, that's right. It, uh, it, I think it was just a matter of him trying to show remorse and um, sort of kind of make an excuse with this autism thing and that they would uh, – but anyways, yeah, hopefully he, he will be a changed person and never do something like this again. Well, hopefully. Uh, there's an update with the water situation in Wildemar, and it's not a good update actually. No, it's not. It's it's the Wildemar Menifee border. I think it's mostly Wildemar, but yeah, a small community getting their water from this uh, uh, county water district or some. They have a name that sounds official, even though they're a private entity. County Water Company of Riverside, and they were supplying tainted water, tainted with nitrates and. People were couldn't even drink the stuff, and so we've talked about this several times, Heather. And I think the last thing time we talked, it was a matter of that several governmental agencies had gotten together and they had come to an agreement, and that this water supply was going to be taken over by two adjacent agencies that sort of had their act together, as opposed to the County Water Company of Riverside, but. Even though the agreement had sort of been made, these things take pl- take a while to come into you know, come into being. So the county water company of Riverside was still supplying the water. The latest thing is that it there's some big leak that occurred, and there's water going all over. And uh, now it's just that crisis mode, and, and as well as like, well, they can't people can't drink this water. They now there's a situation of I don't know, flooding or whatever, and that this needs to be taken care of. And the county water company of Riverside is so bungling that they didn't have the resources to fix this. And so it's just like they're throwing up their hands. We give up. We're, we're just done. We can't do anything. And so a couple of one of these adjacent agencies who had an agreement to take, to step in is like the situation now is you need to step in right now. You need to, take this over now and the um they are wanting the state legislature to pass legislation that grants them an immunity because i think the the situation is that they take over now they're still using some of the resources that are in place uh from county water company of riverside and therefore they might be open to some sort of weird liability because when you take over a company or you take over some of the infrastructure of a previous company, you sort of take on liability sometimes. Yeah. And they, they want to be granted immunity, which I completely understand. And so they're trying to get that um, through the state legislature. And right now it's sort of stalled. And so the people are just sitting there in that this community having to get their water from the portable tanks or just bringing in gallons of bottled water every day it's it's kind of a bad situation for them and hopefully the the company that steps in to take over will actually get the things you know the problem solved yeah well i think the the agencies that are taking over the one in particular out of elsinore they're a, they're not a private entity it's a uh like a public utility oh yeah that's great then yeah yeah so if a guy in him got busted for drugs and he faced 11 years in prison originally but then but then he tried to take revenge on a cop that testified against him, Looney Tunes fashion. <laughs> this is a funny story, Heather. It is funny. It's one of those you know dumb crime stories that is really not just dumb, but 
comical. I Acme it, Rockets and all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, they there was a pretty uh, funny funny article written about it in the Press Enterprise. <laughs> You know, the headline was, that's all, folks, to the misadventures of Nicholas Smith. But so, yeah, this guy uh, out in the Hemet area, he had some drug charges against him. I don't know if he was selling drugs or whatever. And he was he was out on bail and he was facing possibility of 11 years in prison, which isn't good. But, uh, you know, it's not too horrible. But he's thinking he doesn't want to go to prison, so this story we've all heard before, well, you need to get rid of the person who is going to testify against you, in this case, a cop. So he made repeated attempts to try to knock this uh, cop off. And so, yeah, like we've heard that story of a cop you know, trying to knock off the person who's going to testify against you, but we haven't heard the story so much of a guy just doing these crazy schemes. And they say, you know, it was just like it was uh, Wiley Coyote purchasing items from the uh, Acme Corporation. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the attempts involved a World War II era sort of rocket launcher that he mounted on top of a building and pointed at the one of the uh, police agency headquarters where this cop was supposedly at the rocket misfired <laughs> typical wily coyote type of thing um i don't think he got his hand blown off or anything like that but it, it was just really silly and he i guess the guy was at least covering his tracks pretty well for a while because he there was like probably a dozen different episodes like this that he pulled off before they were actually able to trace it all back to him and he now instead of facing 11 years he has been sentenced to four life terms for attempted murder and several other crimes but they have a list here in this uh, one article i read heather of just these crazy all these crazy things he did uh, a booby trap left outside the home of this uh Hemet police detective. He rerouted a natural gas line into a uh, police office. He had a handmade or uh, homemade gun attached to um, an office gate that you know was rigged to fire when somebody opened it. He had another gun like that rigged on a car. They were all like, "Oh, if you do this, it'll set it off." <laughs> just such like Looney Tunes, Wiley Coyote type schemes. It's just like. Wow, this is this guy is. <laughs> even if he wasn't a bad person, he just like he's just dangerous because he's so dumb. Yeah, definitely. I was hoping the rocket would hit like a rock formation, and then that big rock would have, you know, start landing on him, and then he would hold up a sign that would say "Help" or something like that. Yeah. So, and then he uh, he attempted escape uh, from uh, a jail transport van. Wow. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I just, oh gosh, it's, it kind of goes on and on. It's, it's a, I almost could see like a movie being made of this. <laughs> he doesn't sound mentally stable either. No. I, I wouldn't want to be his cellmate. I think there was some hint too in this story that I read that some kind of white supremacist type leanings or something of that oh, nature. Oh God. But he had these other booby traps with nails and things like that. Oh Again, straight out of uh, these cartoons. But uh, so yeah, Nicholas Smith. He's he's going to be. Uh, he's probably never going to be out of prison. Well, I'm. I'm. That's a good thing. I think. 
Um, also in Hemet, we'll wrap up with this. Uh, a man who said that the police... Um, I'll try again. In Hemet, a man who police say tried to, to murder a police officer. Um, he, he's being charged with that. And then his sister is stating that the cops are trying to plant evidence against him. It's a really odd situation involving like entering an RV in the middle of the night and him not knowing it's cops, possibly. It's one of those really odd stories. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit convoluted, uh, but it's he has been convicted. He's he's locked up now, but his sister has come forward, and she's really involved in this, and a little bit on a mission to uh, to exonerate him, to clear his name. And she claims that he didn't do anything wrong, and that he was uh, sort of uh, framed. That the uh, there was a, like a random tip called into the police that there were some gunshots fired. So the police went to investigate, and this man who's been convicted and is locked up now is living was living in a mobile home or motor home on on somebody's property, and uh, the cops say that they came and saw him. He was outside, and they confronted him, and he had a gun, and he wouldn't put the gun down, so they shot him, and uh, you didn't kill him, but shot him, and, and then apprehended him, and so then now he's been convicted and put away, and now his sister is saying that that story doesn't hold up if you look at the real facts, and saying that the brother, uh, her brother, uh, had no idea what was going on, that there were just people on his property he had no idea who were cops and so he he got his gun to, to protect himself and that uh the, the cops had no business being there didn't have a, a warrant or anything else and so she's saying that the uh cops planted evidence that the shells that the shell casings that they have as evidence that supposedly he fired a gun or something that they didn't match the gun that he had and all these kinds of things and um, it may very well be that she's just emotional and just trying to get her brother released. Uh, but it also may very well be that the cops did, uh, screw something up or, or just were being horrible cops and abusing their power and that they did plant evidence because we've seen that story many times. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. In fact, so much, it, it's a little bit aggravating. It happens way more than it should. Yeah, and somehow police unions, and I'm a big union person, but somehow police unions always cover their butt, even if they're bad officers. Yeah, I mean, and generally, I'm, I I like unions, but police officers' unions and prison guards' unions, I, I have some issues with them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, Robert Larson, that about wraps it up, and he joins us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. As is always, thanks for being on the show this morning. All right, it's my pleasure, Heather. Yeah, and this, of course, is the Heather McCoy Show.